Welcome to the final episode of the Fit and Faith podcast for 2023. Today we will be covering the top 10 episodes of the Fit and Faith podcast. And these 10 include several pedal and preaches, some interviews, and special um, talks that Tamara does in her Facebook group. So if you're interested in hearing more of the episodes, or if you would like to learn more about joining the Facebook group, check out the show notes. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life. Join me on the Encourager as we challenge the chaos and embrace harmony. Together, we'll create practical systems to balance your roles and fulfill priorities. And we will do it while having joy and energy for both home and work life. Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once. Listen up. For such a time as this, we must grow our faith and business muscles. The self-help industry is trying to own spirituality and well-being, The entrepreneurial space is becoming flooded with business pursuits focused on success instead of sustenance. But the only one who can make us fully whole, fully free, and fully alive is Jesus. So I'm ecstatic you walked into this hypothetical gym today. I'm your trainer, Tamara Andress, also coined an entrepreneurial rabbi, teaching the pursuits of God, which unveil our purpose and ultimately unleash our desired provision. This FIT acronym is for founders, innovators, and trailblazers. Here, Marketplace ministers conversate and educate to build others from the inside out while also sharing their testimonies of endurance. So while it's not a fitness broadcast, I do surely care about your mental, physical, emotional, relational, financial, and spiritual health. You're going to hear all about it. If you're passionate about your becoming journey, leading others to greatness, and living a life of abundance and joy, then you're well on your way to being fit in faith. Let's hydrate. Number 10, episode 333, when you get to the end of yourself, God steps in with Powerhouse Women founder, Lindsay Schwartz. It's important too for people to know that that confidence wasn't there at the beginning. It grew as I stepped forward in faith. And if you had met me six or seven years ago, On the surface, it looked like I had a lot of success. I was at the time building a different business. I was in a network marketing company and had a lot of the outward 
success that you could measure things like recognition, awards, speaking on stage, you name it. But deep down, there was just really this void that I was aware was present. It was this feeling of restlessness, this feeling that there was just more. Mm. And I thought that more was something that came from outside of me. And it wasn't until I leaned into something that I had no idea that I could do that I really believed I had, I was completely unqualified to do, which was to write that first book. Yeah. That I realized I had been living previously a life where I could get by on giving 60 to 70% of my effort. And I could, it was, it was tricky because I could achieve a lot of great things at 60 to 70%, but I didn't have to get uncomfortable. So I got to operate within what I could control. And while I, I would have told you during that season that I thought I had faith, the truth was I wasn't even getting near to the edge of what I knew myself to be capable of. And therefore I actually wasn't relying on faith. You know, I'd pray these big prayers, but then I'd be like, I got this. I was never stepping beyond what I, as the human me, knew that I could do. And I didn't realize until much later, until I started to step past that point and do things like writing a book or, you know, speaking on stage or starting my own event that I didn't even require faith at the level I was playing at previously. And that was really a hard realization to come to, but a beautiful one because now Fortunately or unfortunately, I know when I'm still operating within that comfort zone, that place where I don't really have to rely on my faith at all. And one of my favorite quotes, and I don't actually know who to credit for these words, but it says something to the effect of that faith doesn't even begin. Like it doesn't even start. You don't scratch the surface of faith until you get to the end of what you know yourself to be capable of. And I think it's just a really powerful question. We're just going to hit it hard on a Monday and just start yeah, week off and just say like, if you were to give an honest look, how often are you relying on faith? How many things are you doing that require you to hit your knees in prayer, in humility to say, I don't have this. I don't know how to do this. I cannot do this by myself. And for me, the answer up until, you know, about six or seven years ago was I, I don't think I had ever reached that point. True, truly needing faith until I started this journey that people now know me for, which is cool. But the internal transformation that's happened, it, everything else pairs in, pales in comparison. Number nine, episode 329, the character of the Holy Spirit with Joanna Beck. This is like family and community and that open offering of love. I think even when we are driving and you see somebody homeless on the side, you're kind of like processing in that moment. Do I make eye contact? Do I not make eye contact? Do I have anything in my my car that I could give them? Do I not have anything? Do I not? I don't carry cash because I always have cards. And we are processing when God is just like, just show them my love. Mm -hmm. And that's you just being there, open-handed, not knowing if you're going to have enough or not, but trusting in God that you're exactly where you're supposed to be. And that's elements of the Holy Spirit. There's been times where I roll down my window and I don't have anything to give other than, uh, you know, blessings, or I hope that you're doing well. I saw this one guy and I was like, you are way too beautiful to be sitting on that corner, right? And his 
face just lit up, maybe 30, 40 years old. And I was like, are you looking for a job right now? What kind of work are you looking for? What could you be doing? And he just starts talking to me. Of course, the green light comes on. And I was like, God's got you, brother. Just keep looking, keep looking, and he will be there. And that is enough to, to know that you are seen and known and loved. That's what I needed when I was in my darkest place was I just needed to be seen, known, and loved no matter what my predicament looked like. This is why it's so important for us to be led by the Holy Spirit and listen to that still small voice because we never know when we're entertaining angels. We never know when we're being tested. We never know when God's got an angel showing up and like, oh, is she going to put her window down? So good. Nothing to give, but what can she give? We think we have nothing to give because we live in a materialistic world. When we have something so much greater to give, to show the love and showing the love, do you know, almost every single one of the people that come through our line. So we'll say 500 people. They're all saved. They're all saved. They don't need me to shove Jesus down their throat. That's not what they need. They need to see the love that has been lacking ever since maybe they were a child or they were hurt as an adult. They need to see that unconditional love does not come from man, but it comes from God. And we can show them that and minister that to them just through cooking, just through cooking. They go like every week and they go, well, are you making that lasagna soup? What's in that? (laughs) Like, because I make every, I make everything. We wow. pitches in on, on making things. One of my spiritual daughters made brownies this, this past week, which wow. blessed them because they were like, look at those brownies. But I make the, the actual meal. And yeah. so whatever they're getting is what I would serve my family. I love that. what I would, the same way that I would love on my family, wow. whether it's the family that lives with me or my extended family, doesn't matter. My spiritual daughters, it doesn't matter. What I would serve them is the same that I'm going to give on that outreach. And so, but that's listening to the Holy Spirit and being sensitive and looking up when he tells you, make eye contact with this one. Hey, this one needs a hug. Hey, this one needs you to pray with them. And, but if I just ignored and just like listen to the world and what the what the world does and like oh well they just want five dollars for drugs right why do they want to do drugs what what is in them that is drawing them into that let's help fix that so that way they don't ask for that for to use it for them so good number eight episode three thirty one. Your business is an extension of all God gives you with Jason Cisneros. In the valley, the Lord will show up and sometimes it's through people. And I think a lot of people are on their knees in the hoping and the wishing. Perhaps they're even feeling like that now and it wasn't when they were 12 or it wasn't when they had kids. I know for me, a part of my massive shift in God actually getting my attention finally and surrendering like we talked about out the gate was when I had two tiny babies, a one and a two-year-old. And the Lord was like, you need to wake up because on your tombstone, it's not going to say entrepreneur. And if you keep acting the way that you are, it's also not going to say wife or good mother. (laughs) And so you need to make a decision on how you want to live your life. And so the fact that you went through, you call it this hard knocks experience of getting your PhD on the streets 
and having like real rough situations transpire to the point where you are stabbed and having that life or death situation, you chose life even against the will of the people who are surrounding you. And that is sometimes the hardest. It's that peer pressure element of doing what we have to do because others expect you to do it. And I know as a leadership guru now, as a trainer, as someone who helps Fortune 500s come to life, a lot of which are connected to sales, it feels really strange to say, how does this life experience catapult you and drive you into entrepreneurial fruit? Like literally the incredible businesses in which you've been able to develop. What would you say is the heartbeat of what was to what is now? Service. Mm. It's service. Um, you know, it's, it, it's fascinating because I've had so many opportunities um, you know, in my career, I'm a turnaround specialist by trade. So I started you know, by, by screwing up my, this is another message, whatever you screwed up in the past, you can certainly help people avoid mm -hmm. those things, right? So good, yeah. I mean, I've been hired from, you know, people that have graduated from Harvard and, and Yale and, and Wharton School of Business, hiring a dropout, you know, Come a dropout ex-junkie ex, uh, and, and, you know, and, and drug yeah. dealer. And the reason is, is because they're they're hiring me for my failures. They're hiring me because they want to avoid those things that I experienced. And um, and it, and it's interesting because now I've been exposed. Then I bought my own companies and yeah. built them and sold those back in 2019. And you know, a whole bunch of really really amazing things has happened. But it didn't start happening until I understood that joy exists in sacrifice and service of others. And, and it's a hard one, you know, that we talk about uh, the baptism and dying to the flesh. And yeah. also it's really dying to the ego, right? The totally. things any anytime we think that this, the things that we're doing and we're doing them for ourselves, it's the difference between selfish and selfless yeah. is the entire life gap that people need to jump. And sometimes it doesn't seem like that because you're like, Jason, that's great for you to say, you know, you're doing <laughs> yeah and all this other kind of crap, but I've got, I've got rent due in three days and I don't have the money. Yep. You know, I've, I've got, uh, uh, you know, a husband beating me. I've got, you know, my child is on drugs. There's, there's all these kinds of things. And, and what I found in my own life to be true for me was when I got out of that poor me, that why me, and, and just even in the little, littlest, tiniest place, who else is hurting? You know, yeah. who else is hurting worse than I am and start to, to figure out how to, you know, solve their pain and 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 serve them. That's <laughs> when I started to really experience joy. And so I became addicted to that. I became addicted to serving other people at a super high level. And, and that creates an entirely different result or outcome in your life when you when you get addicted to the right things that I think Jesus wants us to be. Number seven, episode 334, Simmering with God, Heavy Burdens Made Lighter. Always becoming equals dying to self. Man, this is going to be really popular on podcast episodes. <laughs> Let's die together, people. Let's literally bury our flesh so that we can exist in the Christ-likeness that dwells inside of us. So that Christ can actually have his way here on earth as it is in heaven. Because isn't that the point? Isn't that the point? 
I need you guys to comprehend this for this next part to take root and for you to actually activate. And the church, man, the church has to activate. And I know for some of you, when I say the church, you immediately go to that like four boxed wall, that place where people hurt you, that place that you got kicked out, the place where you felt rejected, the place, the place that got abandoned you, the place that said the wrong thing to you and ruffled your feathers so you never went back, the place where the pastor who was the main pastor of the building was acting in his flesh and wasn't becoming. In fact, he was operating out of that place of personal will or personal desire and it shocked you to the core that you no longer trust this four wall entity called the church secret that is not the church it's not people have called it the church they've made it the church the iglesia but christ's intention was for you to be the church you personally be the church so if always becoming, which is always dying, is synonymous to Christ-like dwelling inside of us, the church exists here in this dichotomy, in this beauty, in this knowing that we cannot possibly be perfect and therefore the only perfect one to pursue and operate out of is Christ. And yet we're also an open-armed open doored seat at the table for people to come and dwell out of our compassion, out of our vulnerability, out of our desire to help steward. This is discipleship. Because if I know something that you don't know and I keep it to myself, that's not very Christ-like. Now, there is times where wisdom closes her mouth and this is important because we can't always be talking. I am learning and receiving way more than I am talking, which is wild because I talk sometimes like seven or eight hours a day. But it is true because I wake up before the sun and I'm falling asleep learning as I'm processing with, with God. You always have an opportunity to learn. So if you say you don't have time to learn something new, and I hear people say this, it's the silliest thing ever. I don't have time to go back to school. I'm not in school, but I am schooled every single day. That is for sure. And so you do have time to learn. You do have time to receive. Those of you who are hanging out right now, you're learning. Hopefully having personal revelations. Number six, episode 336. The power you seek is yours through Christ. The weight of glory is heavy, but it is also light and sweet. So much so that someone even sent me a direct message and she was in tears or I was in tears because of her message. And she said, it feels as if I just had not just a really delicious cupcake, not just a really delicious cupcake with icing, but the end, the finale of that training had the, the whipped cream with the caramel drizzle and the cinnamon topping. And it was so succulent. You should be creating a lifestyle of sustenance because success will run dry. Success will stale. It will go moldy after a while. You see this time and time again when people who have great, quote unquote, success end up drying up. 
They, they end up actually sometimes taking their own lives because the things that once brought them sustenance or succulents has now molded before them and they have no sense of value because they have no sense of identity because they have no sense of being. And so problems that people throw my way often might be around valuation. It might be around pricing. It might be around clarity. But ultimately, the root of everyone's desire is power. And I know that feels very selfish. It feels very um, egotistical. It feels very self-serving. But it's actually so much the antithesis of that. So you want more finances, not because you want money, but because money you believe has power. You want someone, you want a bigger team, you want more influence because you feel like in those things, there is power. You want to even be in a relationship because you want to be a power couple. You want more weight on the, the ends of the belt or the bench because you want more power. You want to feel the power, you want to experience the power, and you want to be able to release the power. And yet, I see time and time again that instead of receiving the power, we're actually giving the power away. Because the things that we focus on and the things that we put our attention into and the things that we run after will actually strip us of our ability to control it. And power and control go hand in hand. And so you're tired of feeling inferior. You're tired of feeling lost. You're tired of feeling overwhelmed. You're tired of feeling hopeless. You're tired of trying every single strategy and nothing feels to be working. You're tired of falling asleep crying because you don't have what you want. You're tired of feeling happy or having to fictitiously wear this mask of happiness when we know joy is a wellspring and joy it is a person and person is a being and being is an identity and it's connected to this idea and this way of prayer that has been taught to us for generations and generations and generations. It says thy kingdom come, thy will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Number five, episode 335, The Healing Power of Jesus Christ with Aaron Davis. Journey of writing this book, uh, better than a decade ago now. It took me four years of just developing content to write the book before I even sat down to write it. But I was going through a season where, you know, at this point in my life, I pray for people all the time and they get healed. You know, I mean, it's, it's a very common thing for me. But at the time, whenever I started on that journey, uh, it wasn't. I was very frustrated because I knew that the Bible said that there was more to this experience that we're supposed to be having, this, this God experience. And if God is real and Jesus said, greater things will you do because I go to the Father. And, you know, and I see the examples of how he taught the disciples and even reprimanded the disciples whenever they went to pray for somebody and they didn't get healed. And he said, how long am I going to be with you? And these are all things I talk about in the book. But I could see that there was something that Jesus 
was conveying in the Bible that I was not experiencing. And I wasn't content to have a secondhand experience with a firsthand God. Come and on. so, you know, I just, I, I, I said, God, I know this is, this is real. And I know you intend for more for your people. So I have got to know either this is real or it's not, you have got to show me. And it took me on this deep dive where, you know, I mean, I was praying for people and nothing was happening. And then uh, through a series of really kind of crazy events over the course of, of several months, the Holy Spirit began to just show me some things and lay on my heart. And it was like, I, I call it connecting the dots because one thing, I had no intention of writing a book when it all started. I was documenting my journey at the very beginning and just trying to put ends together and trying to figure this stuff out and had nobody to teach me. I didn't have any relationship with anybody who understood healing. And the only people that I did have weren't taking my calls. It was <laughs> I'm not kidding. It was horrible. And so, you know, I'm like, God, what am I doing? And so, I, but one dot after another, one question answered after another question presented and, 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 and each one coming together in about, uh, you know, several months into just documenting this journey, I felt like I was supposed to be writing something about it. And so quantum Christianity really was that, deep dive where I, where I learned the depths of covenant and what it means to be, have a covenant relationship with God through Christ, to understand what his grace has actually entitled us to, what it helped me to, you know, that, to understand uh, who I was and who I wasn't. So many, so many times I was, you know, Tim, I was 35 years old in ministry for, you know, 20 years at that time. I started preaching on the streets of Detroit when I was 14 years old. And I was, was still, you know, you, you, you hear the scripture that, uh, you know, it's, it's not by works, so no one can boast. Right, and right, yet, right, you know, right. Saved by grace, through faith, not yourself. <laughs> it's a gift of God. It's not by works, let anyone, let, lest anyone should boast. And yet I could quote that scripture. I've preached it, God knows how many times, mm. but I still lived as though my holiness was contingent upon what I did and did not do. Number four, episode 339. Revival Fire, talking about the Asbury Revival. Music is a, a universal love language. I really believe that. And sadly, the enemy has taken claim and territory in that space. And people still bond over music, but especially the young generations and myself. I mean, think about the 60s. Think about the 70s. Think about the, the MTV era. That was mine. I'm not from the 60s or 70s, but... Music was a bonding orientation. Everyone could get behind this one sound or this one song. And revival, if you want to use that word, would break out. Honestly, associated to sex, drugs, and rock and roll usually. But you think of Elvis. You think of Johnny Cash. You think of Frank Sinatra. I mean, we could go to the oldies. We could go to the newbies. And ultimately, it's all the same. And... The enemy has dripped in, dripped in, dripped in words, lies, struggles. People are storytelling through it, but they're actually evoking you into a response. They're evoking you, they're manipulating you into what you should do next. Versus worship, worship to God, our Father in heaven, is a focus not on self, not on woes, not on worries, not on worshiping our own love lives or strangers or our bodies or any of those things. It's worshiping God, our Father. And so it takes what the music industry is, 
very self-inflated. It diminishes self and it amplifies God. Now, God loves us and he is our creator. So of course, diminishing self, eh, it might not be the correct words, but it's diminishing our will. It's diminishing our ego. It's diminishing pride, envy, lust, greed, all of the things of the flesh, right? And yet, we still have the beauty and the honor of being called daughter and son, of being able to to truly be a vessel for the Holy Spirit. So I'm in this school, and I recognized that I, I was different. I recognized that I wasn't what I wasn't learning what I was supposed to be worshiping or how to worship. I was learning the heart of worship. And this morning when I got into my Bible, I just sat there for a second and it made me think of the older song that I used to sing. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. See, I told you I'm not a singer, but I love that song. It's so simple. And when I sat there on that first day of processing the revival, I immediately had like an air of judgment. And the judgment was, is this real? The judgment is, was this planned? The judgment is, doesn't really look like much. The judgment is, I feel like that was it. It was just more so like, I I was... I've become good at looking to worldly situations, even if it's a part of the church, with a devil's advocate perspective. And I don't know if this is something that society has kind of worked in me because of the stories that I've heard, because of the church hurt that is constantly being presented to me. But that's, that was my immediate response. And it's okay, because my next response was, let me take this to the Lord. Number three, episode 330, Station, Stamina, and Stride, the Sustaining Power of Jesus. Y'all, as Christians, we need to have higher standards. Standards for our self-care, which is ultimately caring for the body of Christ. Literally, he dwells inside of you. And you're okay with putting soda in it. He can't go anywhere. He can't go far. He's going to have a sugar crash. He's literally going to have a sugar crash. And yet, you're like, oh, I need it for energy. Do you, though? You need Christ for energy. You need Christ for synergy. And you need Christ for satisfaction. Where are all my business people at? Where are all my founders, my innovators, my trailblazers getting fit in faith? Raise your hand in the chat. Give me a hands up if you are an innovator, a trailblazer, a founder. You don't have to be a CEO. God's the CEO. I don't care what your job title is. If you're blazing a trail in education, if you're blazing a trail as a nonprofit leader, if you're blazing a trail as a community manager, I love you. I see you. God sees you. He's got a plan for you far greater than you can ask, hope, or imagine. But are you looking to be fed and secure in the world? Or are you looking for security in eternity? 
So he says that we're satisfied, <laughs> we're sustained by the world. A lie. It's a lie from the pit of hell. You crash and burn every time. Your body can't register the food that you put into it until about 30-ish minutes until after you've eaten. This is not meant to be a nutrition course, but you've got to know what I'm talking about when it comes to sustaining power, the staying power, the station is what I'm going to get into about what I shared on that Peloton and Preach or Peloton and Teach. I did it yesterday because they're not all in a Christian organization. It's a faith-filled organization, but lots of religions were represented. So I have to be mindful of my words, but not my joy. (laughs) And there's only one place that can come from. There's only one place that this energy can come from. My team sent me a message yesterday and she was like, how does your hair look like that? looks like you just got hot rollers out. Nope. This is just me out of bed. My calic here. I'll show you the truth. This is my calic that I fight my whole life. It just is there. And so instead of it being there, I just big hair don't care. (laughs) I just roll it over top of it. It doesn't look good the other way, I promise. And I could also put it in a ponytail, but why Why not? Why not ride? Why not be free? Why do I have to do it that way? So here we go. It's what you need to know. Your station is where you're at and what you're tuning into. Two things. When Abraham was sent into the world, well, he was already in the world, but he said he was promised nations in the world. Some that he may or may not see, he didn't give him the blueprint. Number two, episode 409, Unstoppable, Overcoming Adversity and Finding Purpose with Stephen Scoggins. So I believe there's two ways in which we learn. Yeah. By the experience of other people or by that in which we experience. Yeah, okay? that's true. So you have a choice of surrendering your life. And if you surrender your life, you will go through a refining process, which is great. It won't feel necessarily great all the time, but the end result is very, very beautiful. Um, So I say that to say that in the, in the grand scheme of things, that choice of, am I going to surrender of my own accord? Or in my case, you're going to be so stubborn, (laughs) so strong will that you refuse to listen, that you're going to be Literally taking the luck, the legs tucked out from under you so I can get your heart to a place I can pour into it. Yeah. You see, part of this human existence is there's a destiny, I believe, that's created inside of each one of us. Mm -hmm. Um, That destiny could be a variety of different things. It could be becoming the mother or the father of the future president of the United States that we all actually like. Yeah. Right. It could be like it could be a a musician that changes the the world through a harp. Right. It could be. Um, gosh, a business owner, but there's, there's all these different levels. It doesn't have to be big and gargantuan and whatever. Yeah, for sure. Some people were called to serve at scale, yep. but you'll find that the people that were called to serve at scale, um, once they were forced to humble that, that was the only time they've ever had to do it. So, um, TD Jake says there's new levels and new devils. Yeah. Um, I've gone through at least four humblings that I'm aware of at yep. different levels since the, since the litter box moment and all yep, that. Yep. Um, I asked God politely last time. I said, Lord, I hope that's the last one. I feel like I'm in a good place. Like, you know, you know, but, <laughs> yeah. but I, at the same Do time, I trust him enough yeah. that if he decides to humble me again yeah. for whatever reason, or he's got trying to get something out of me or he's trying to prune me, it's only because he's trying to grow me. He doesn't prune stuff. He's not trying to grow mm. And by accepting that 
when I face adversity, I see it as a lesson to be used rather than something to be avoided or whatever. So circle all that back to the place of your heart is this heart, meaning your soul, your consciousness, your, your resonance, your soul, um, has really a choice. I either choose God in faith or I choose not God in faith. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. If you choose God in faith, no matter what happens to you or through you or around you or whatever, it's going to work out. Okay. If you avoid God altogether and you try to go through that same thing, you're going to find yourself empty, depleted, discouraged, and doubtful. Okay. That is the essence of faith. So I would say rather than being forced to humble yourself, do exactly what you first said when you first asked the question, which is, Lord, I don't, I don't know if this is the right thing. I don't know. Da, da, da. Just be honest. Yeah, it's good. Like the God knows your heart already. Yeah. Like he, for some reason he does like it when we realize it and we have enough <laughs> self-awareness to say, Hey, I know I'm a knucklehead. Yep, and he yep. says, it took you a while, kid. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know? But he also made me with all those tenacity pieces yeah. and stuff like that. Right. So right. you mentioned that humble piece. So one of the things that I've been constantly doing in my prayer and meditation time specifically is I've been asking God to give me healthy masculinity. Hmm. Okay. Good. That's cool that um, I brought that up. Healthy masculinity means I can like go to war. the third time we've chatted, y'all, by the way. So this is good that he, I noted yeah. this and it's a part of his prayer life. Let's go. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like help make me healthy, wealthy, and yeah. wise and a steward of the most high. I mean, it's that simple. Um, but at the same time, this healthy masculinity means if I need to pick up a shield and grab a sword and go to war, I can do it. But at the same time, if I'm with my loved ones and they need encouragement and compassion and mercy and then I do that. Yeah. The greatest living example of healthy masculinity was done by the name, man of the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And our final top episode of 2023 is episode 340, How to Hear from the Lord with Rachel Grohl. And you said at the beginning, like your passion and the, the revelation and how God continued to put moms in, in your line of sight, even things like that occurring, like there's no coincidence in that. We always say hindsight is 2020, but what if we walk into every second of our day, even just like this conversation where it's a forethought, it's a forethought to what God could reveal in that moment. And there's an expectation and a hopefulness and, um, a reliance. You know, you say that the word never changes. He is always going to be there. He's always a step ahead. He's predestined you for good works. But if you're focusing on little G gods versus the God, you're going to go wayward. It's going to be hard for you to get back. And yet he's still waiting for you. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I've, I've learned is there's always more there's, he, he always has more for us. And mm -hmm. so, you know, perhaps I can still receive on the surface level, what God wants me to receive in that moment, but there's always more of him that we can uncover. And, um, that process of intentionally studying and understanding and comprehending, and even understanding the different genres, is this history or is this poetry? It helps us understand these different aspects of scripture that just make it so rich and so alive to the point where it starts to change how we live our lives in the day to day day. And I know even as a mom, there have been things that I have looked back and I've misunderstood and I've had to go back and reteach my children. And, you know, my daughters are teenagers now and they would say, you know, mom, like I understood this Bible story. I understood what that meant now then. But when you explain it now, this changes my perspective on things. And I think that's been so helpful for me. And that's really my heart to serve other women to kind of just open their eyes to see that there's always more in scripture. There's always more of God. And, and I think that is one of the things that I think is so 
heartbreaking for me is when women say, oh, I just don't have time to spend time in God's word. I'm like, but you don't have time not to spend time yes. in God's word. Yes. You know, if we're investing in these little people that God has given us charge over, or even in our circles of influence at work or within our marriages or whatever it is, the people that God has given us to steward, we can't afford not to do this. Yeah. Um, but yet I'm trying to make it in a way that it's accessible and easy for women to kind of grab hold of something that they can pray and meditate on throughout the day. Well, girl, you are doing it and you're doing it with such grace. And I love the element of presenting the women, the six women that you did. I'd love to know which of the six I need to get my hands on this. Um, but there's so many women, even today, this morning, I was something I grazed by so many times. I don't hear taught from the pulpit very often is the story, the parable that happens right before the parable of the talents, which we hear constantly. And it's about the 10 bridesmaids. And I was thinking about all of those women and I was thinking about my own bridesmaids and what exactly was transpiring with the wedding and, and the, the reunion that was happening with the groom at that point. It's so different than what our weddings and our bridesmaids look like. But there was five of those women who were deemed wise, and there was five of those women who were deemed foolish. And you'll have to go check out Matthew 25. I'm not going to give you and go through the whole story here, but Matthew 25, the very first 13 um, verses, and go in and look deeper. Because when I finally looked deeper and I understood more of the context, I initially was like, man, I feel like they're not doing what I would do because God would tell me that I need to be generous. They didn't give away their oil. And because they, they didn't have enough to get through the night of being with the groom, which obviously this is an element of, of being with the Lord. And the other girls who were fools who didn't come prepared, who hadn't put the due diligence in to understand how much oil they were going to need to burn or didn't even maybe have it because they were focused on other things, they missed the party. They missed the opportunity to sit with, with the groom in that moment or Christ in that moment. And I think about how applicable that is for us, but it wasn't the oil. It was like the spiritual well like as much as I love you, Rachel, and as much as I feel like in simpatico, I can't have your spiritual life unless I was, well, there's no unless I can't have what you have. I can't flex that muscle because that's not the time or the energy and how I've put into it. Mine looks different. However, at least we're on the same path. If people understood that like, this is not something you can give away. We can teach, but the intimacy, the revelation that we're talking about has to be yours. Hey y'all, it's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts, and you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you might even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. We're totally in this together and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts, in fact, and this will be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to. And I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener. And I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way.
I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us and this podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network, which is obviously why we got connected and are so grateful to be a part of the community. They have shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Some of mine that I listen to on a regular basis are on Life Audio. Even some of our community members who have been a part of the Fit and Faith team through our coaching or different organizations, they're there too. So I definitely want to drive you over there, check it out. And thanks again, Life Audio, for being you. Hello, my name's Rachel Carmen, and I want to invite you to come over and listen to my podcast. It's called Real Refreshment. For years and years as a young mother, I chased after the wind, thinking that the world could offer me the refreshment I longed for. But it was only when I discovered it in the person of Jesus Christ that I really found refreshment. Come on over and join me as we dig into Bible study. I'll see you there.